So here is the big question. How do entrepreneurs like us, who started sales or direct selling or network marketing, how did we start our journey but now feel stuck, feel like we're struggling or we can't level up to where we want to be, where we know we can be? How do we break through and prove everybody wrong? wrong. Show ourselves that we are successful and show ourselves that we can win. That is the big question. And this is the podcast that will give you the answers. My name is Lisa Hawker, and this is Direct AF Sales. Hi, Amy. I'm so happy to be here with you, talking to you about your new company, um, your incredible company. You're the CEO of Matza Fiato, Matza Fiato. Got it. That means breathtaking. Is yes. That right? I love Yep. That. that is the loose translation. It's one of those Italian words that doesn't translate directly to English, but um, but it generally translates into the word breathtaking, which we just love the meaning behind that. Yeah, I do too. Amy Parsons, you are the larger, you're one of the largest importers of Italian beauty products in the United States. And you did that really quickly. I mean, my gosh, you started this business during the beginning of the pandemic, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, you're absolutely right. We're definitely a, a COVID pandemic company. Um, all created, conceived of, put together and launched during 2020. So during really the, the height of the pandemic. Yep. That is incredible. How did you get started? Um, you know, I, I have a 20 year career behind me in a completely different area. Uh, so I am an attorney by training. I was an executive with the Colorado State University system for 16 years. And um, all of that time, I was, um, you know, in a completely different career working for very large organizations. And along the way, I was fortunate to be able to travel to a lot of different countries for work and for fun. And along the way, I really established a, a deep appreciation for local heritage brands um, in Italy and in various places and families that over generations make their craft, whether it's in beauty or in wine or in other things like that. And, and I just started to develop the idea that I really wanted to get um, involved in a company like that and see what I could do branching off into entrepreneurship and creating my own company. But I never really got serious about it until um, COVID happened. And really it was March of 2020 and I'm home for the first time working from home really in 20 years and decided that maybe this is a sign that I should get serious about creating this company and what that would look like. Um, so a combination of a few things all at once, I had a little bit more time and space because I was home from my regular job in COVID and, and could explore this, um, combining my love for Italy and for Italian craft products, um, and the beauty business. And my business partner also is an Italian, uh, person by heritage, and he likes to invest in heritage Italian brands. So he and I started talking about what it would look like to create a new company in the beauty market space that is sort of a, an all-Italian Sephora, if you will, where we bring in and import um, lots of different brands, but all from Italy, heritage brands, beautiful craft, great quality and design, 
and offer them to um, the public in the U.S. on the e-commerce site and see if people would be attracted by that proposition. So while we were home during 2020, the Italians were home with COVID um, pandemic as well. So their stores were closed. Um, they were getting used to doing business by Zoom. They were willing to meet with us and work with us over the course of that summer. And it was just about a year ago now that we had really the collection put together. We had the brands that we wanted who were willing to work with us. And we decided to launch the company and our website went live in November. So not quite a year. Um, so um, about a year ago, we launched the we launched the website, started selling in time for holidays, and and here we are a year later, selling exclusively through our our e-commerce site. That's absolutely amazing. This, you know, how did you get involved? Like, where did this entrepreneurial bug come from? Because originally, um, you went to law school. You graduated from law school. You got a job with a law firm. You were doing civil litigation, which is a whole different animal. Um, and so I'm sure. super curious about, you know, how long you had practiced law for, what were some of the, the, the feelings that you had while you're doing that? Because as you know, I practiced trial work. I was a criminal defense attorney in court mm -hmm. all day, every day, public defender for 21 years. Um, and I got the bug and I started down this entrepreneurial path. So what, what about you? How did that happen? Well, yeah, I mean, first of all, to be a public defender for that long and in the criminal space for that long, like deep respect for that, um, because that's amazing. I mean, I, I dabbled in, in that in law school and in, um, you know, legal aid and whatnot, doing that for a while. And it's really hard and really important work. So that's just impressive that you did that at all and did it for as long as you did. Um, you know, I was in commercial litigation. I represented a lot of different companies. Um, and one of my clients was Colorado State University, which was my alma mater. So I was outside legal counsel to them. And then they hired me to become full-time in-house legal counsel uh, for the university. So I went in-house and then from there started to take a different direction um, because after running the legal office there, I was able to serve in the role of chief operating officer for the university. And in that role, it was just much more of a business role um, I'm managing budgets and finance and purchasing and even the police department and, you know, all of the different divisions that were not the academic divisions I was responsible for. And I really loved the business aspect of running the university um, and getting that experience. And within that role, um, I was really fortunate that I was able to do some big projects for the university. I was put in charge of building the new football stadium. Um, I managed to uh, stand up and run a small campus in Mexico. And what I realized that I loved was really taking these big ideas from let's build a football stadium or let's build a campus in Mexico all the way to implementation phase and seeing it and actually seeing the finished product. And that's very satisfying um, and takes a lot of hard work from having the vision for what that's going to look like to the day-to-day -day execution of actual budgets and timelines and, and making the project hit on time and on budget. And I really love that. So I think it started to develop in me that that's really what starting a business is like. You have the vision for what you want it to be, the vision for what you want the company ultimately to be. And then you're willing to do the day-to-day -day hard grind work 
of actually executing on it, of turning sales, of bringing in the revenue, and hopefully at some point your dream of what you want the company to be will meet the ground of the day-to-day grind of actually getting it started and actually turning money through the system. Um, so I think while it, it sounds like this huge change from being a, an attorney and university executive to a startup company importing Italian heritage beauty products, to me, it's just an evolution of really being able to figure out what you can do when you've got a big vision like that and you're willing to put in that work um, and really trying to make it happen. And I think, you know, working for such large companies after a while, um, you know, there comes a time, at least for me and I think for a lot of people, where you really look around and say, is this really me in this organization? Am I showing up to work every day because this is what I'm passionate about? Because this is what I'm about because this is aligned with me or am I showing up creating somebody else's legacy, somebody else's vision that I'm executing on every day and I, my own individual personality and what I want to do with my life is sort of washed out in the corporation. And that's where I ended up with the university. It has a very noble mission, it has a great mission, it does amazing work, but it wasn't me. It wasn't aligned with who I was. And I think at some point you think, I can continue to do this forever. It's comfortable. Um, It's a nice place to be. We are doing good work. I could do this for another 10 years and retire here. Or I can leave, start something from scratch that is actually aligned to me, see what I'm made of, see what I can do myself, um, and do something that actually reflects who I am. And when COVID happened and I'm suddenly home um, for the first time, and it really forced me to reflect on maybe this is a sign, maybe this is time for me to get serious about doing something different um, and really make a major change in my life from what I've been doing for the last 20 years to striking out and doing something completely different. Um, It totally resonates with me, I have to tell you. I mean, um, I I can relate to this so, so much. What you're talking about is seeing and what makes you brilliant and successful is that in adversity, you saw opportunity. And so even though you may have been fearful or hesitant or nervous or... uh, uh, And still am. (laughs) (laughs) That's good because you're executing the great fear. Mm -hmm. And that's the definition of courage. And you're incredibly Mm -hmm. courageous to, to, to act on and step out in faith, seeing this massive opportunity in adversity. And Mm -hmm. I just want to applaud you for that. I think that's a really beautiful thing. Um, what is your long-term vision for your company? Because the other, before I ask you that, the other thing that resonated with me so much is that you saying that this wasn't aligned with you, my version of that was, is this really what my life is? Is this really what I want it to be? It yeah. was so comfortable. If I tried another DUI case or you know, another sexual assault case, yeah. I was going to scream. <laughs> you know, and, you know, my kids are growing up. I know you have two teenagers. I have four teenagers. When I, when I left law to become an entrepreneur, 
I looked at my life and I was like, is this really what the fuck I'm settling for? Number one, number two, I'm tired of tracing my, my drug dealers for their cash. Okay. Mm -hmm. Although I love them. I did. They were great clients. Um, but okay. I'm getting off on a massive tangent. I looked at my life and I said, if I don't get home with my kids, if I don't see what I am capable of in this lifetime, what is it all for? And Mm -hmm. I hear you saying that now you said you had two daughters. Is that right? Yep. I have two teenage daughters. They're 15 and 17 years old. So they're in high school this year. Both of them. So I have two yeah. 15 year old twins and a 17 year old son. Oh my gosh. We're, common. <laughs> we're, we're exactly the same ages, but you've doubled down on my situation. Well, no, I, I had two and then I got pregnant with identical twins. So I really it was three for the price of four for the price of three. But yeah, but my point is this, how proud of yourself and how satisfied are you that you are Showing your girls through action what it takes to be a strong female entrepreneur. Yeah. Well, thank you for asking that question. And and I'd like to think that, you know, through their whole lives, I was setting a good example of working hard and providing and being a good executive and moving up and what it takes. And I would, you know, incorporate them into my work as often as I could, bringing them to events and bringing them to things like that. What I'm trying to teach them now, you're right, is a completely different value of it's great to work hard. It's great to move up and be committed and to be a good boss and a good executive. But at some point, you have to do what is true to yourself and not spend every day, to your point, carrying out somebody else's vision, carrying out somebody's um, expectations of you and what you should be doing in your day that it's okay to step out and say, I'm going to set my own expectations for what I want in my life, who I want to see during my day, who I want to be in my life professionally, the type of people I want to be around, the places I want to be able to work and the impact that I want to make, and that it's okay to have that vision and to go after it. Um, It also helps that you know, I'm running an Italian beauty company now, so boxes full of good-smelling things show up on the doorstep, and that's exciting for them, too. So they like to be able to see the products. I get their opinions on them. Um, how do you like this? Is this something that you would buy? Is this something that your friends would like? So incorporating them into that um, sort of, these are real products, and we're in it to sell products, and you know, it's not, a, it's not a game, right? So it's fun to see these things at the same time. Would you buy it? How would you sell it? Um, what type of content would you put out there from it? And teaching them those lessons of it really does come down to selling. It comes down to money moving through the system. You know, I mean, social media is fun. It's great to look at all these things, but it's business. If something's not working, you don't do it anymore. If something is working, you do it 10 more times, right? And really showing them that um, that business is business and it means sales and it means dollars and cents. And you have to pivot all the time in order to really make it work. Um, and it means and it's doing really it, hard work. And it so. means doing it when you don't feel like it and doing it when you get it that cold and doing it when life yeah. brings adversity, right? Yep, and doing it really every single day, sort of. I, I talk to them about the, the law of small numbers, which is, you know, 
if you just post one thing every day, if you engage on Facebook once every day for 15 minutes, if you, you know, reach out to somebody once a day, it may not seem like much, but at the end of the year, it's a lot. It's a lot of time that you've put into that effort and you will see the payoff on it. Um, so you have to keep at it and chip away at it every single day, especially when you're starting from scratch. And that's really what it takes. Um, so yeah, my older daughter who's 17, she'll be going to college next year. She's interested in going into business. So hopefully she'll be able to carry some of these lessons that she's learning forward and, and maybe come back and be an intern for me when she's, <laughs> when she's out there studying it. I mean, you've taught your daughter, you're teaching your daughters through action and, and they're watching you demonstrate, um, purpose in life and big vision and big goals. And I just, I just think that's so, so important because your daughters, what you're doing is you're creating two human beings who are going to be able to go out and contribute to the world in such a healthy, positive way. And they know that they've seen that success is not overnight. It is a daily grind, but it's worth it because it's bringing you some of who you are, your identity outside of other areas of your life. It's, um, you're showing yourself what you're capable of. You're showing the world and you're doing, you're doing, you know, the, the U S the world, wherever you're bringing these products into, I would assume that at some point you might expand outside of the United States, God willing. Um, but you're doing everybody a service because we don't have access necessarily to these products. We don't know about right. them. And so right. you're educating people on the beauty of these incredible products. I can't wait to order some of your favorites. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. How do people find you and support you? And um, and what are some of the favorites that you would recommend? Yeah, thanks for asking. I mean, we are selling exclusively on e-commerce right now. So everything is on matzofiato.com and our social handle is I am matzofiato on Facebook and Instagram. We're representing 18 different Italian brands right now um, across all the categories of skincare and bath and body and fragrance and even home fragrance, which I've really come to love in the last year. Um, and actually half of our customers are men, which might be surprising to you. I thought that our, our male customers would be more like 20% or so of our customers, but they're not, they're half. And what I'm finding is that men really love having a place to go where they can buy their toothpaste, deodorant, body soap, and a great Italian cologne all in one stop. Um, because they're not going to shop around quite as much to different places. They trust the Italian quality. They love the style and they can buy everything in one place. So we've loved learning that, um, that half of our customers are men. And for me, I'm a big bath person. That's the place where I really find my center at the end of a very long day is a hot bath right before bed. So I'm always buying and using all of the bath products. So the bath salts, we have bath salts that come from Sicily, um, that come out of these 5,000 year old salt caves in Sicily. And they bottle up the salts and ship them with these amazing fragrances in them. And that comes from Ortigia Sicilia, which is our brand out of Sicily. And also um, Saponificio Veracino, which is a brand out of Milan. But all their salts come from the south of Italy, come from Sicily. And they're very affordable. So, I mean, these are these are luxury Italian goods, but in price, they rival anything that you're going to buy on the on the shelves at a Sephora or an Ulta. So, I love that connection of the bath salts, of being able to use those at night, feel the fragrances, knowing that these salts came from Sicily. 
um, and knowing really the source of where they come from and their sense and tied to that place. It, it helps me anyway find center and transport me away to these beautiful places. So I'm a big fan of the Bath & Body products. I think they smell incredible. I love using them. Um, and I'm always experimenting with the skincare, with the mud masks and, you know, all the other sort of famous skincare products that come out of Italy. But for me, the bath products are just something that I, I just live for. I live for those moments in the day when I can use those products. So those are my personal favorites. You make such a good point. I, um, I, one of the businesses that I have is um, the first one after law was um, as a network marketer for a skincare company and anti-aging skincare company. And of course, you know, um, if I would put the mask on my husband, my husband is a retired firefighter of 30 years and he's, he's a guy's guy, you know what I mean? Like he walked yeah. his face with whatever he washed his hoo-ha with, you know, so. Right, or um, green soap. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so I started to, you know, give a mask here, do a little product here, maybe the lips here. And what I've come to learn is that men need, love, want, and deserve self-care, mm -hmm. uh, skin care. Yeah. All of the stuff, the, the cologne, the, the pampering that we love as women, mm -hmm. if they're introduced to it with some of these you know, sort of masculine Italian yeah. smelling products. Mm -hmm. They're more inclined to use it and they enjoy it. And I, yeah. I, I feel, I see a lot of women um, not trying to sell to men because mm -hmm. they think they won't use it right. or not trying to upsell to men. What, what would you say to that? How would you speak to that? No, I think you're absolutely right. I think that especially the younger generation of men, the 20 somethings now, maybe even the 30 somethings are, embracing self-care and skin care in a new way that maybe the older um, men are not. And I love seeing that about them. But I think too, with men who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s and up, they are attracted to the Italian male culture. Um, the Italians have really perfected that barbershop culture of the barbershops being a place where you can get a good shave, you can get some skin care. And also your that's your community of men, right? The barbers are men, the people sitting around, that's where you have good community with other men is in those spaces. So I think what's attractive to men here is, you know, being part of that sort of community, that Italian culture, the multi-generational families that have put together these shaving products and whatnot, that's very accessible, I think, here to American men. And dipping their toe in the water then of the shaving products and the barbershop culture and whatnot, then they're able to go to a different category and say, oh, that cologne comes from the island of Elba. It's very fresh. It's about the sailing culture, you know, around the Mediterranean. Then they discover that. And then they say, oh, it's actually okay that I can use some of the mud as well that helps my skin, especially in winter. And they discover it that way. So I think for us, it's really about finding their way in Maybe it's through shaving and the barbershop culture and whatnot, but once they're in there, you say, you know what? Skincare is for you. Here's where it is. These colognes are for you. They're gorgeous. Here's where you can find them. So they're not having to experiment and test the waters and find it all on their own. So we really try to make it as easy as possible um, for them to find all the things that they need in one place. You know, we, we sell a brand called Marvis 
which is toothpaste. And in Italy, toothpaste is a beauty product. It's the, the tubes are gorgeous. They come in these amazing flavors like jasmine and licorice and aquatic mint and all these things. So sort of saying, you know, you're going to use toothpaste anyway. Why not bring in one that looks gorgeous, that has an amazing flavor and actually provides a little bit of joy in your normal morning routine, you know? So just incorporating these different things into what men specifically are doing anyway and kind of up their game a little bit so they get better products and better enjoyment in their routines is really what we're all about. And they're taking good care of themselves, and that's so important. We're so good at that as women um, doing that. And it reminds me of what you were talking about with your children, how you called it the law of small steps. I think uh, small numbers, yeah, the law of small numbers. It's, it's, it's sort of the same thing. I heard steps, right? Um, that number, yeah. yeah. But one thing, the cologne, onto the next thing, the shaving, and the small, right. the small number, the small step into the toothpaste or whatever it is. And and yeah. you have created your company has created a safe space and an affordable place for mm -hmm. for men and women to do, you know, this shopping and really pamper themselves. And what a great time! I mean, the skincare beauty industry has exploded during the pandemic yeah. because people need it and want it. And so thank you. I, I'm really grateful as are um, your customers and your future customers. And I'm sure you're going to get a lot of future or, uh, customers from, from this show because I know I want to go on there and order everything. <laughs> Thank you. Well, let me know if you need any recommendations. <laughs> I certainly will. Um, my last question for you, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I'm just enjoying talking to you so much. You're so inspiring. Um, and, and actually I have two questions. The first is, have you gotten to travel to Italy since you started your business? I have not. Um, you know, we had such strict travel restrictions in the first year that, um, unfortunately, you know, we did all of our business with our brand partners over Zoom, and they would actually ship their product to my house, and I would experiment with it. We'd get on Zoom. They would do the product training with me over Zoom while I held it, and they held it. Um, my business partner is actually traveling to Italy on Saturday. Um, so just a few days from now uh, to go visit and, and test and make sure that, that it's working over there. We can travel around and visit our brands. So um, assuming that we don't experience any further travel restrictions, then I'll be there in October. I know that it's um, And we'll be able to. Yeah. So I know it's it's been, you know, I'll say it's been hard not being able to go um, because of the travel restrictions. On the other hand. I will say that it enabled us, I think, to put together a lot of our business deals much faster mm -hmm. because our Italian partners were had no choice but to do everything by Zoom, uh, which would not be the normal way of doing business. So we were able to just meet every morning and do business by Zoom, email back and forth, do product training online, and it kind of enabled us to move faster um, to get our business dealings together than if we had to do multiple trips overseas, which is what we would have had to have done otherwise. So there's actually been some good and bad with regard to not being able to travel and having to do things remotely. Right. But that said, hopefully I'll be able to, to get back over there next month. And what's your long-term vision? Because now you've, now you've seen this portion of what you're capable of. And now I know you're probably testing yourself for the next big thing. So what is your long-term vision for your company? You know, we're looking at expansion in a number of ways. Um, one is 
We love our 18 brands. There are still so many more gorgeous, unknown native Italian brands that we're constantly researching and working with other brands to see how we want to expand our collection. So going from 18 to maybe 25 brands, you know, we want to stay true to the made in Italy, heritage, craft, high quality, but there's still a lot more out there. So expanding our collection um, to bring in more and more of these brands and import them into the U.S. And then, as you said, expanding outside the U.S. as well. Right now, we're only shipping here in the U.S. We get a lot of requests from Canada and other places to start shipping there. So expanding geographically on where we want to go through our e-commerce site. And then we're really exploring the idea of physical retail as well, um, which has always been part of our vision of going, you know, they say clicks to bricks. Right now, we're pure clicks, um, what it would look like for us to go into either standalone Mazzafiato stores where you can go in and see all of the brands in one place or placing our products into other physical retail stores. So one thing that we do is we bundle products together so you can get you know, four or five different brands and products to make the perfect Italian bath or the perfect men's starter kit or uh, we even do you know, bridal gifts, things like that for people putting those bundles themselves into boutiques and into um, physical bricks and mortar stores so people can experience that Mazzafiato package altogether. So those are all different ways that we're looking at expanding right now, um, just getting you know a larger collection, broader reach, and then in people's hands more in physical retail stores, especially again, hopefully, as people are moving back into that space as we get through COVID. So not necessarily you opening your own physical retail stores, you know, in this city or that city, but more along the lines of um, this esthetician or that spa perhaps carrying your line. Yeah, that could be a place that we could go or even within, you know, men's clothing stores to put the men's products in there or different types of boutiques. We wouldn't necessarily count out doing physical retail stores. I actually think that opening stores and airports would be great places for us because people can see all the Italian brands and locations and geography sort of all in one place. So that's something that's on my radar screen as well. So what that would look like to go into a couple different airports um, that have a lot of people traveling between US and Italy. Uh, people who love the Italian brands or who aspire to travel to these places. And how do we get those brands in front of those consumers? Would you ever consider going into the direct selling channel, the network marketing channel? Would you ever consider allowing um, your, your sales force to be, you know, network marketers? Network marketers in terms of, you mean like an Amazon? No, that's more of an e-commerce. I mean, more like what I do. So have you ever heard of like, oh. um, so the company that I work with isn't relevant, but, you know, making it so that people who are at home can sell it for you and then take a portion of it and recruit people underneath them. Yeah, we'd absolutely, yes, absolutely. We do work with some affiliates. So we work with, um, yeah. you know, a website called Dream of Italy, for example, and they curate trips to Italy and have a subscription service for them to be able to direct their customers into the Mazzafiata site to sell. That works wonderfully because we have aligned audiences. Right. So I think any time that we can get into a direct marketing, as you say, with somebody who has an aligned audience with us, we're absolutely willing to work with them. In fact, I think it's a really beneficial channel. Yeah, it's called affiliate marketing now because of social media. 
um, but Avon, let's say, was like the original or Tupperware. Remember, like the like yeah, of course, yeah. would come over, and then you'd have like your little consultant. It used to be called direct selling network marketing. Now that people are influencers um, or affiliate marketers, they have links. It's all the same. But yeah, yep. I think I think it's a really powerful tool, honestly, because you want to find people where they are. So if people are already going to these places and they trust that source and they trust the content that's coming out of it and they're really consuming it, I think that's a great win-win on both sides. So we're getting in front of a like audience and the people who are putting in the hard work of creating their own content and their own spaces, then they get to benefit from that as well. And we want them to help build their businesses and support them exactly. as much as possible. They're small businesses as well. So any place that we can create that win-win for us both, all about it. Yeah, everybody wins. Yeah. Speaking of winning, how can we help you win? What can Direct AF do to support you? Well, thanks. Yeah, I mean, any visibility into, um, you know, onto the site where people can go and check us out at matsufiato.com. Follow us on social. Follow us on our on our Instagram and Facebook and sign up for our newsletter, um, which we send out every Thursday, which is great content about Italy, about beauty trends, about our specials that we're running on our products. Um, any of that would be great. But just visiting our website, checking us out, trying some products, um, finding your own favorite brands and, and places that you want to connect with in Italy. That's the best way. Will do. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. This has been really fun. I'm I'm really impressed with your journey as well, Lisa, and what you've done as a as a mom and an attorney. Just, I mean, huge respect for the career that you've had and the change that you've made in your life to what you're doing now. It's really impressive. Thank you. Yeah. For more information on the Direct AF Sales book or custom dice course or workbook, go on over to directafsales.com. There's going to be a discount code for all the listeners there. It's code DIRECTAF20 and grab yours today. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please leave me a review. Make sure you subscribe and even better, share it with a friend so that we can share our message and our content and help as many people as we can. Thanks, guys.